Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So a few weeks back, I received an email from a longtime follower and amazingly talented stepmom blogger, Beth from Babbling Blonde Blog. I love Beth's story, her perspective, and her commitment to following her heart. So here's her deal. Beth grew up in a small town in West Virginia in a super conservative rural dot in coal country, USA. About five years ago, she moved to Pittsburgh and ended a seven-year relationship with her college boyfriend. About a year after that, she realized she was in love with her best friend, Jen, who had an incredible three-year-old daughter. Jen and Beth moved in together in 2016, and Beth officially became a stepmom in 2017. Obviously, being in a same-sex relationship makes Beth's story a little different than your standard stepmom blogger. So when she had trouble relating to what she saw online, she started blogging about her own experience. In this episode, Beth and I talk about all things stepmom life, including Beth's transition from single and straight to not only being in a same-sex relationship, but having an instant family. We also tackle her family's reaction to this huge change, what it was like to move to a small town where her partner's ex had deep roots, her biggest mistakes as a stepmom, what makes being a stepmom in a same-sex relationship even more complicated, and one of the habits that she thinks that stepmoms should break. I love this episode, and I just adore Beth, and I am so excited to introduce you to her. Let's dive in. All right. Hello, hello. So I am here with Beth from Babbling Blonde. Guys, I cannot tell you how excited I am to sit down and talk to you, Beth. Like, I've been following you on Instagram, and you are cracking me up. Like, if you are not... If you are not following Beth on Instagram, <laughs> you've got to go over there because she she's keeping it real, which is what I love. Trying and to. um yeah, you it's it's a pretty it's a pretty funny feed over there. So definitely guys, you have to go over and check it out. So before we dive in, I have lots of questions. Can you Beth tell everyone about yourself? Give us give us your story. Yeah, so um I I grew up in a super small town in West Virginia in the states. I moved north to the big city uh, of Pittsburgh uh, when I was in my mid-20s. And I actually met my wife. Uh, we worked together and we were best friends for about two years, you know, totally platonically. I was, or I thought I was straight, had only ever dated men. So I was single and I had just gotten out of a seven-year relationship with a guy who I had kind of moved up to Pittsburgh with that I had, it was my college relationship. And um, we split and my best friend, Jen, had also just recently split from her partner of about the same amount of time who she had um, adopted a child with at birth. And it was kind of one of those crazy things where when we both were available, I began to see her in this light that I, I didn't realize was even possible for me before. So I realized that I was actually falling in love with my best friend 
and um, who also had a child who I already uh, knew, but not, you know, obviously in the same context, she would uh, come into the office sometimes and she'd come and write on my whiteboard. Like she was three. So um, she was just like my best friend's super cute kid. And so when our relationship evolved, I became in a relationship with a woman, which was brand new to me. And then a relationship with someone who had a, a child, which was so new to me. So this whole stepmom and married and queer thing has rocked my world over the past three to four years. Yeah. And you know what? I was reading your stuff and I was thinking back to how I felt. I felt like I moved to a whole different country where they speak a different language when I went from just kind of, you know, living the single life. And then all of a sudden I was a stepmom to three, but man, you mm -hmm. really switched gears. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I never you know, through the whole process in the beginning, one of the hardest things was trying to figure out what was just specific to me new and what was specific to being like an LGBT person or being a parent or being a stepmom is like, which, which experience does this fall? Like which bucket does this fall into as being unfamiliar? Yeah. And so what was that first year like when you guys first got, you know, you're married and you're all of a sudden a stepmom, same sex relationship, like a whole, whole new world. Yeah. Um, it's such a big adjustment. There's a dynamic when I, you know, I'm, I'm out in public with my wife without my stepdaughter where people, you know, I'm still a non-traditional family, even when I'm out with just her without the kids. And so it's, it's adjusting to people, like to people seeing us as a family and people not seeing us as a family. Like simple, the simple thing is like when my wife and I go out on, on a date, it's people assume we have separate checks and stuff like that. And so when, when stepmoms talk about people asking like, oh, who's the, who's, who's your mom or who, is this your daughter or whatever? It's the, the first year was full of those initial like uncomfortable looks and conversations that I, I wondered so much where I was going to fit in. And especially because my stepdaughter ha already has two moms. So my whole first year was, was full of trying to figure out what my role was because I wasn't filling a mom role in the house that I lived in because she already had one. Right. And I'm clearly not a, I, I'm clearly not a dad. So no, not to not. get, no, <laughs> just to give and, you a visual, Beth is like the prettiest blonde. Like she oh is God. like this. You're definitely not a dad. No, <laughs> no. Um, so the, I mean, the honeymoon phase was, was amazing, but I, I found myself trying to figure out how to, so, I mean, Jen and I didn't move crazy quickly, but we moved fairly quickly when we, when we finally got together because we had already known each other for so long. And so I was also trying to figure out like how, how to date a person who wasn't a man, which was so not, I don't want to say strange. It wasn't strange, but it's so brand new within itself. So I'm like trying to figure out this partner dynamic with someone who isn't a guy at the same time, I'm trying to figure out a mom dynamic with some, with it, with a child. Right. And, you know, I often think when I'm trying to have a conversation with Darren and women and men think in very, very different ways. And there's so yes. many times where, you know, we'll be having an argument and he'll think it's about the dishes in the sink, but it's not about the dishes in the sink. It's about so many other bigger things. But as, mm -hmm. as the man for him, it's about the dishes in the sink and the actual issue where I'm all about like all the emotion and the feelings and everything kind of leading up to it. So oh, Jamie, there are so many emotions in our house all the time. <laughs> yeah. Part of me is like, I just wish that you understood, you know, my perspective and what it's like to see things through, you know, a woman's eyes, not to generalize, but just from you know this perspective. So part of me was like, you know what, if I was married to a woman, 
maybe it would be easier because they get it. Or is it just a whole lot of emotion? It's both. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's really refreshing to, to feel like I can be so open with her because sometimes when, when she can see that I'm frustrated or vice, like she already understands why sometimes before I even say it, which is great where, you know, sometimes even the most sensitive guy, I think is just not, I, you know, hate to fall into the stereotypes, but their brain's just not wired that way. And so she, when she, she, I'll walk by and say, the dishes are in the sink and I I'm frustrated. And she's like, I know, cause the shoes are at the door and the dishes, like she can see the, the wheels turning in my head. But then sometimes because, because she's also like me, it can, we can start talking about the dishes in the sink and end the conversation two hours later on something that ha- like we've both spilled our guts and we're crying and it's all, you know, especially if we're PMSing at the same time. <laughs> oh, geez. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It's so, some t- it can take simple conversations to a whole different level sometimes when they probably shouldn't. But for the most part, it's, it's so nice because I feel like she understands me more than anybody else could. Oh, I love it. I love your story. So, okay. So I know when I told my dad that I was going to marry a man with kids and become a stepmom, mm-hmm. he wasn't totally thrilled because he really didn't, uh, he didn't, he didn't want that for his daughter, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Like we grew up in a divorced family. We knew how complicated it could be. And he just, he just, it wasn't what he saw for me. And he wasn't totally thrilled with that at the beginning because it also was a huge change. How was it when you told your your family. So not only are you, you know, getting together with someone with kids, but it's the same sex relationship. Like everything has Mm -hmm. just kind of switched. How did your family react to everything? Yeah. So I grew up in a step family too. My mom was married to a guy They're They're not together anymore, but she was married to a guy for 15 years. Um, and I had a stepbrother for that time. So in the core years of growing up and, um, their situation was awful, really, really bad with, um, his ex. I mean, there were like restraining orders involved, like there were legal things. It was, it was the worst case scenario for that kind of situation. So, but that part of things wasn't even in my mind when I, cause I was, I was coming out to my, to my mom. And at the same time, I was telling her that I'm also dating somebody with kids who she, she knew she had met Jen several times. When I sat down to tell her, I, I said, I'm seeing somebody and I'm not sure how to tell you or, you know, or how you're going to react. And so she jumped into trying to start to guess what this like thing was about this person that she might not react well to. And her first question was, she said, is he way older than you? And I didn't know how to answer that because she, like she, there isn't an age gap. She is 10 years older than me. And, and then her second question, she said, or does he have kids? And so those were both yeses, but she kept saying he, and I didn't even, I was like, ah, <laughs> and so I finally just spit it out. And she, she kind of laughed a little bit and she was like, oh, because I, she was so perplexed by the fact that I couldn't answer the questions that she was asking me. But, you know, she was initially worried about her own, because ex- of, because of her own experiences of being a, a stepmom and then twofold, there's still a lot of people who don't accept LGBT families, especially where I grew up. And so she, her, her worries for me in the beginning were just, how are people going to like, what, how hard of a life are you going to have now? I've been lucky in a lot of ways on both sides of that coin, but, um, she, she was super happy for me because she could see that I had never been so happy, but she was, she was worried that I was gonna have a hard, like a tough future. 
Right. And you know, what I think is great about you guys, though, is you, you tackle those issues head on, you know, yeah. in watching your Insta stories the other day, you guys were out for dinner <laughs> yeah. and someone had been staring or something like that. And you, you know, you went online and you literally just addressed it. And yeah, that's what I think is so important because, you know, if you don't address it and you kind of, you know, just let it happen and like sit there in that discomfort and just allow mm-hmm. that to kind of snowball, that's when it, can, it just gets out of control and no one's yeah. going to change the conversation if someone doesn't start the conversation. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, I think that's so important. And I, I just love how you guys both address it head on. Well, and it's two totally different experiences for us because my wife, I always hate to get too stereotypical, but she looks gay. Like she, you can clearly, when, when you meet her, you, it's, it's pretty obvious that she's lesbian. And for me, it's the opposite. People meet me and they assume that I'm straight because they see my wedding. I, the woman who runs the parking garage at the college where I'm, I'm in school right now asks me how my husband is almost every week when I'm leaving the parking garage. And I, I don't bother correcting her because I just like, I don't know her well enough to even have an awkward conversation. But so Jen and I, we see the world so differently because I get frustrated that people assume something about me and she gets frustrated that people always assume the opposite about her. So people are always looking at her because they clearly, like if people are uncomfortable with the fact that she's gay, she looks it right up front and I don't. So I think like the other night people were looking at us because they were trying to figure out if we were together or not. And so you never know what what someone's opinion is. And, and sometimes I care. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I just want to be able to go out with my wife and have nobody looking at us. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but some, but sometimes I proudly want to be like, yeah, we're, we're together. We're, we're, you know, we're on a date. And I think that there's, you have to find a balance between making, making yourselves feel unapproachable and having conversations when they need to be had and like building bridges instead of tearing them down when there's an opportunity to, and also making sure that people are aware, like for people who are accepting, they might, some people are shocked when they find out that we face stuff like that or the people who are uncomfortable, like, let's just talk about it. Let's let, tell me how you feel. And I'll see if I can help at all. Right. And you know, I think it's, I think it's good to have those conversations, especially when people are curious, like I'm just curious mm-hmm. of the dynamic, right? Yeah. Especially when it comes to, you know, blended families and step parenting. It's like you've have three women in a mm-hmm. co-parenting relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And um, my wife's ex has a boyfriend right now who she's been with for a while and he has a daughter. So there's even more blending going on on that side. But I mean, they've, they've been together for about a year. But I mean, at the at the core of it, like at all the events and stuff right now, it's pretty much three women. Yeah. So it right. gets it's it's unique. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I think about, you know, when it comes to the ex and the stepmom and all of that, there's a lot of emotions and, you know, mm-hmm. territory marking and, you know, different yes. parenting styles and all of that. And I'm just thinking that's why I was like, wow, you know, that's not just two, that's three. Actually, that poor man. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. Yeah. He it's, it's interesting when we all hang out. Sometimes I, I feel bad for him, but I think it's, sometimes it's good. You know, we try to get my, my stepdaughter around men who we think are, are really great men just so that she, you know, we don't want to raise her in an environment where she's terrified of guys or, you know, uncomfortable having one care for her and stuff. And so he's a really great guy. And so it, it's nice to, to have, have her be around someone that we all trust and who uh, can show her, you know, how to, have like comfortable, confident conversations with a caretaker guy. Um, but yeah, he, he stays out of the, 
of the intense like parenting conversations usually. Smart man, smart man. Yeah. So how is your co-parenting relationship when it comes to, you know, the back and forth, the two houses? It's good. Um, In the beginning, we bought a house in the town that my wife's ex is from. So we moved up here so that when when Mia started kindergarten, so that we could make sure that we had her 50% of the time. Because before, we lived almost an hour away for work for Jen. And it, it, it worked because she could spend like a week with us and then a week with her because she wasn't attached to being at like a school all day, every day. But when she started kindergarten, we bought a house up here. So in the beginning, I think there were some territorial things because I was coming into this town that she grew up in. And so everybody, uh, everybody here knew her and knew them when they were together and the family and I work from home. And so I, I struggled with ways to like kind of make my own space. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm also a lot younger than both of them. And so I think there were some initial, like, I hate to use the word catty, but we were all catty at times. I think that we, you know, we're all women. And so there were, there were some things that we had to adjust to, but her other, like Jen's ex is an amazing mom. I think she's a really, really incredible parent. And I think that, um, we, like we knew each other before. And so we already had, like, we weren't friends, but we had a, a decent relationship before all of this. And so once, once the three of us all got past of this, the strange dynamic of Jen and I being together and dealing with houses and switching, and we now we can text or talk on the phone, or she can come pick something up from me. If Jen's not home, it's, it's, we've moved past like any of the pettiness. And I mean, there are obviously still spat, you know, th- nobody's going to agree on how to parent all the time. Even like, even Jen and I don't agree on everything all the time. So when you have three people disagreeing on stuff, but we have a level of, of respect for each other as one queer women and two as women and as parents of, of me and trying to make sure that she has a great life and you know, is accepted by everyone because she does have a unique story. So we kind of have this united front going on that I think works really well. Okay, I'm going to interrupt this podcast episode for just one minute because I want to make sure that you know about the free guide that I just released. So this one is for anyone who is dealing with a high conflict ex. Look, in a perfect world, our co-parenting relationships would be all hearts and sparkles. Everyone would be able to put their emotions aside, realize that you're on the same team, and actually act in the best interest of the kids. But unfortunately, that's just not always the case. Now, it is important to remember that we all see the world through a different lens and have different perspectives based on our individual experiences. But unfortunately, sometimes when you're co-parenting, you need to deal with the lens and the different perspectives of a high conflict personality, and that can be tough. So in this free download, I share my tips and strategies for co-parenting with this type of personality, from how to keep the drama from impacting your marriage to how to set boundaries and actually stick to them. If you've been struggling in the co-parenting department, you'll want to check this out. So you can download your copy of this guide at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash high conflict X. And you know, you wrote a blog post and it was a five harmful habits that stepmoms need to break. Mm -hmm. And you talked about that stepmoms need to stop constantly micro co-parenting. 
And I've been super guilty of that too. Oh yeah. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at that. Like, let's talk about that for a second, because I do feel like, you know, sometimes, especially if you're, I think you and I maybe have a similar personality as we, we like things to go certain ways and we have opinions Mm -hmm. and we're very expressive and all of that. And, and, and that's a thing that stepmoms can really get into and trying to Mm -hmm. kind of micromanage the way that they're co-parenting and they're communicating with their partner. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing because you want your, you want your opinion to be heard and you want to help your partner deal with things in the best way possible, but it can become this extra issue in your relationship that isn't actually your problem, but yet in a way, kind of, it is your problem. It's like, it's just this kind of like tricky, tricky area. The funny thing is with, with that. So I, we've realized that my parenting style is a lot more like Jen's ex's parenting style. So she and I parent like very close to the same. And we, I don't want to say we're stricter, but I guess we are. We, we like things a certain, you know, order. And my wife is a little bit more lax and she is, you know, kind of more of an anything goes kind of parent. So she probably feels a bit ganged up on sometimes, but I have to realize that there are, there are some things where she, that she says yes and I disagree. Or like you mentioned before with the the shoes, and sometimes I I want to jump in and I it's not my place. And one of the the conflicts that we have is you know we want we want to grow our family more. We want kids together, and um, one of the things that we run into is is my wife always says. Well, I want I want you to treat Mia like she's yours. I want you to parent her like you'll parent our kid, our babies when we have them. And so when we when we butt heads over something, I'm like, well, you said that you wanted me to parent her like she's mine. Do you or don't you? And and we we had this conversation recently where I was like, it's okay with me if there is something that is different for her than is different for our kids. Because sometimes I think that's just how it has to be. And we don't have kids yet, but I know you have an ours baby and, and three step kids. And you've talked about that before. Like some stuff is just going to be different because they have started a parenting dynamic separately from you. And so there are going to be rules that I think should be put in place and that I might put in place when we have a kid together that it's just not going to work for her consistently because one, because she's here half the time. And two, because she has another, there's, they've established things together before I came into the picture. And so, but sometimes it's hard to decide which battles are worth it and which ones are not. I know. And that's something that I still even struggle with, but you know, when you're, you're saying, well, you say you want me to parent her, like, you know, she's my own. And I feel like they do to an extent until Mm -hmm. that's different than what they say. Yes. Right? It's like you you want me to do that until you're ready to jump in and trump me because mm-hmm. and then you put me back in my place. So it's this really awkward thing that step parents have to deal with is trying to navigate where that place is and how to treat them like they're your own while not overstepping. And mm-hmm. well, and especially because I don't have my own yet. And so there are some times where, where she'll point out, like, I think that you'll do that differently when it's yours. And I'm like, how we have this imaginary argument about something that we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. That would be two women. <laughs> right? yeah. Well, yes, that's what we, yes. We circle around this thing that doesn't even exist. And it's like, well, how do you feel about how you're going to feel later? And it's, it, it gets really out there and we just have to stop ourselves sometimes. Yeah. That's hilarious. You know, but I will say she is right in some respects. Like there are things I never thought that Reese would ever be in our bed. She's in our bed mm-hmm. every single night. 
Mm-hmm. I never thought that I would let her sit on the counter or eat this sugary stuff before dinner. Or like all of these things that I was super strict on with my stepchildren, you know, in those yeah. first couple of years. Now I think, you know, I think that the way that being a stepmom has made me a better mom is that there's so many things I just don't give a shit about anymore because mm-hmm. I've realized how much they don't matter. But that's yeah. where I think sometimes, you know, childless stepmoms, and I, you know, I was talking about this earlier today. It's like we would feel insulted when they say you don't understand because you don't have kids because we mm-hmm. very much treat, you know, our stepchildren like they're our own. And then when you have your own, you realize how much is different. And it's still yeah. the same, but it is different. And it, it, it's this awkward conversation to even have because people are ready to pounce on you and you actually say that kind of stuff out loud. But it really is tricky and it's true. You know, the R's baby, I think that often people will overthink it Mm -hmm. too and worry about the different rules. And you know what? There are different rules for tons of people in life. So, you know, it works. You know, it works the different dynamics. You know, my stepdaughter is seven now when trying to figure out like chores and stuff like that. And what what chores should we give her? What is she going to, she's here half the time. So what is feasible for her to be responsible for here when we don't know what, like, I mean, we try to keep things pretty streamlined, but like she's not going to get in trouble for forgetting to put her clothes away if that's not something she does at her other house or keeping in mind the the responsibilities. And I think sometimes we can be too hard on ourselves if, you know, we feel like we're not implementing certain things or teaching certain things, because sometimes it's really hard to do things consistently when you don't have your kids in your house seven days a week, every single week. Absolutely. And, you know, people will say, well, it's my house, my rules, and we can have rules at our house and they can have rules at their house and, and, and yada, yada, yada. And it's true. You can have different sets of rules. I don't know about you, but I sometimes have to remind my stepchildren eight to 10 times to mm-hmm. do something before it actually registers in their head. And mm-hmm. that's not because they're trying to be little jerks. It's because they're kids and they yeah. just they just forget things. So throw in two different houses with two different rules. Like we have, I I notice on transition day, takes us a couple of days to kind of get into the groove here, even though it's been the same rule for almost seven years now, you Mm -hmm. know? So that's why, you know, people do need to keep that into, in, they have to consider that it is hard for these kids going back and forth with different expectations. Yeah. It's a lot for them to keep track of. And especially because, you know, I, I mean, I know, you know, my wife has never been a parent before, before Mia either, but the parenting thing is so, is still so new for me that, you know, I didn't spend a pregnancy prepping or reading all the books and doing all the stuff. And so there are so many things where, uh, you know, sometimes I can be like, well, why do I have to tell her five times to take her plate in? And, and, and I don't have anything to compare that to like, developmentally, or is she not listening to me because I'm not her real mom? Like there are so many things that run, run through your head when sometimes it's, it's just simple. She's seven years old. Like, yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's, yeah. (laughs) I remember Darren, the one time I I was like, they don't listen to me. They don't, you know, it's because I'm their stepmom. And I was kind of getting into the spiral about, you know, just, just my role in the house. And he's like, Jamie, they don't listen to me either. And anybody, yeah, (laughs) that's just like kids. You actually have to tell them over and over and over again. And that's so normal, but that's Mm -hmm. the thing you, when you don't have that reference, you don't know, you just think that that's age appropriate behavior, that they should be listening to that. That's where I find it so helpful to find friends who have kids. And you were talking about moving into the town where your wife's first wife had lived there and kind of being like the new person in town. And that's so similar to, me, I felt like mm-hmm. it's hard to meet new friends in a place where you feel like you're the new girl. 
and mm-hmm. people are talking and people are making assumptions about you because I absolutely definitely felt that. And people always ask me, how do you meet new friends in a town where the ex lives? And mm-hmm. I just, you just have to do it. You just have to. It's hard. I know it's so hard and you feel so insecure, but I know for me, you just kind of have to put yourself out there and some people will like you. Some people will feel loyal to the ex and then you're, you'll find some good friends amongst all of those people. Right. It just kind of. And for me, it was, I had to get over like worrying about wondering what everybody was thinking and what they had heard and who they were friends with. Like when every time I I came into contact with like another mom or I was the, the place always buy my coffee, like in the beginning, I would be so paranoid, like, oh, are they, are they friends with her? What do they think about me? And my, I, I, I was so worried about that all the time. And I think things got better the second I stopped giving a shit. When I started to realize, like, no, I own a house here. I live here. I'm hoping to raise a child here. I, like, that I, I had to put my foot forward and kind of, like, command my spot. And I think as soon as I exuded that a little bit, people started to be, whether I was making it up in my head or not, I think people become more receptive to you the moment you open yourself up a little bit. And more likely than not, people are going to, whether they had an assumption about you, it's pretty easy to show someone that you're a good person if you're just, don't have your guard up and you're just being yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that the moment that you decide to be confident and not spiral, because we can spiral, mm-hmm. we, you know, thinking about what other people are thinking about us, a lot of the times they're not really thinking about us that much, but because we're so right. kind of it's wrapped up. importance, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're so wrapped up. And, you know, even for me at one point, you know, we live in, you know, a smaller area and it can be a bit of a gossipy place. And I know there was some gossip, but, you know, how selfish was that of me to think that I was the only gossip that people were talking about because we've got a whole lot of other gossip going on in this town too. Mm-hmm. So they had, you know, and I, I remember saying to my husband, like, well, they have a lot of content to cover. So they're obviously not thinking about us as much as I think that they are, but right. you have to just get secure in yourself and yeah, just, just be cool to go out and just put yourself out there and meet those people because you're going to run into people who are friends with the ex. And mm-hmm. there's people who are super loyal and you're going to have that divide. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't actually want my best friends to be best friends with my husband's first wife. Like that's just a little right. too close for me. But then you're amongst that, you're going to find your new friends that maybe didn't have that same connection. But if you don't put yourself Yeah, we can there, expect to win everybody over. <laughs> no. And I think that's, it's how you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I always say. I'm like, for the longest time, all I wanted was everyone to like me and to approve mm-hmm. of me, but I don't really like everyone else. Right. So why do I expect that of other people? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So no, my question for you is what, what do you think the hardest thing about being a stepmom is? Oh gosh. So for me, the hardest thing is, okay. Yeah. It's definitely been trying to want to be involved in every sense of the word because I do love my stepdaughter, I think as much as I'm capable of as if she's mine, but not being like not being part of like the the little things that clearly she already has two parents for like something simple as sometimes I, I won't know that she's enrolled in like a swim class or something until it's like the last minute and I have to figure like, so it's, it's the simple, I think it's, it's, it's caring as much as if, as if she's mine and wanting to, and parenting her as much as my wife does and still not completely being part of the loop with no, it's nobody's fault, but it's, it's the, the reminders that I get that I'm actually not the same. 
Yeah, that is so. If that makes sense. I hear you. It's like you're having that that small talk conversation at dinner table and you're like, how did I not know that? What do you mean they're in that? Like, where was I in that conversation? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I, I, you know, I feel that too. And like, I don't go to, I don't, and I think I've seen you say that you don't either, but like, I don't go to parent-teacher conferences because I try my best to understand the way my wife's ex feels about things. And I think that that's something that they can clearly handle. There's no reason for me to be there. Um, they're both super involved. Jen can fill me in on everything when she gets back. I volunteer at the book fair usually that goes on at the same time. So like Mia will go in for a few minutes and then she'll come out and hang with me. But there's still like, and I, I, I want to, I don't want her to have to have me in her face all the time. And so there are things that I step away from, maybe like doctor's appointments and, and conference. And, and usually like I can do that without feeling bitter. And cause I know that it, it probably wouldn't be a huge problem if I, if I jumped in, but it's probably better for me to just not shove myself into everything. But then there are times where I'm like, Oh, but I wish I could just seamlessly, like it would just be assumed that I'm just part of every single thing. And I know that that's not, that's not fair either. Yeah. It's, it's, t- it's tough to find your role. And then it's also even, I think sometimes as stepmoms, when we want to be over, like we want to be involved in everything, then we mm-hmm. overthink, well, why wouldn't I be able to go to the parent teacher conference? It's like, well, it doesn't actually matter. The parent teacher conferences don't actually matter that much, but because right. we're all into our head about where we should be, or we should be the same as parents. Cause we do all of the jobs or, you know, whatever spiral we're in that day. We mm-hmm. get caught up in the fact that we should be there. But if you guys were a first family, only one of you may go to the parent conference because the other person might have something that night and it's like not even that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, how many parents, only one of them goes, but then when it becomes this co-parenting situation, sometimes I think stepmoms get into this place where it's like this pissing match and trying to mark their territory when. Yeah. It might be normal for us not to be there otherwise. Yeah. Like let's all just manage our time and divide up these tasks because these mm-hmm. kids are busy and there's lots going on. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. I, you know, everyone has such a unique step family situation and a unique dynamic, but we all have the same insecurities in the same, in, mm-hmm. in, in different ways, but it really does come down to that whole, like finding your place in step parenting. And it's, yeah, it really does. And in the beginning for us, like I said earlier, for me, it was like, well, I, not that a stepmom ever tries to fill a mom's shoes and take their place ever, but sometimes, you know, a stepmom usually like slides into the mom role in the house. It was tough in the beginning for me to figure out like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because Jen already thinks like a woman. And so she does the woman thing. Like, you know, whether it's something simple, like thinking to pack the lunch, whereas a guy might not, you know, super simple stuff like that. Like I would go to do things and it would already be done. And I'd be like, what, what's my job supposed to be? How am I supposed to, what is this role for me when, I mean, she's filling that role just fine. And so I had to bond with Mia myself and not just as like a mother figure. So we had to figure out how to like Jen and I had to split like parental responsibilities based on kind of like just our skill sets and rather than like, who's the mom and who's the dad. Yeah. And you know what, on the flip side, I would say I'd really love if Darren would think about the lunches. And <laughs> if you would think about those little things, because sometimes I'm like, why am I the only one thinking about that? That would, that would actually on the flip side be kind of a nice thing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and now, now that we've re- like relaxed into things, there are some stuff where I'm like, 
why do I always have to be the one doing this? But in the beginning, I was like, why can't there be these things where I just have like that? Those are my jobs. And now I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I know there. sometimes we come in guns a blazing and we want to take on all these responsibilities. And then once we kind of get into the nitty gritty of parenting, we're like, oh, yeah, these are actually just a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why did I want to have these like minute parenting responsibilities all the time to feel and needed and important? And now like it, it's it feels so normal and every day that I'm like, nah, you, you can go pick out her outfit or whatever. You're like, I don't even care what she wears. You know yeah. what though? The one thing I wanted to ask you about. So did you feel like when you came in to mm-hmm. this role, you had to kind of like seem like you kind of had it all together and like you were kind of like this new perfect parental figure, kind of that new mom and just kind of like just show that you were worthy of being there, if that makes sense. Because I, I, the reason why I'm asking is I was listening to one of your Insta stories and you were talking about how, you know, at the very beginning, you were like wanting to do these like Pinterest perfect everything and you thought you were going to be this mom. And then mm-hmm. when you got into it, you were like, man, that's a lot of freaking work. Like these Pinterest perfect moms, like how do they yeah. keep this together all the time? Because I look back on my first year and I just wanted everyone to think we were so perfect and we had everything mm-hmm. together and that this new transition wasn't hard on me and I was doing fine when inside I was kind of like screaming and struggling. And I know that's something that a lot of people experience in those first year, first two, the beginning stages. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I felt like I was trying to prove something to myself and maybe, you know, to my, like maybe to my wife, not because she asked for it, but to everybody else around me that like, the value, like, look, she picked me. She picked me. I'm worth it. Like, I am a good parent to to Mia. I can handle being a mom. And so I, I felt, you know, even something simple, we were just talking about lunches. Like, I felt like I had to have, like, these perfect healthy meals and, you know, that I had to go above and beyond and package things right and, and make sure that I was, uh, I remember when you and Darren talked about bedtime, like, I was like, I have to make sure that she gets enough rest. And what if she's you know, crank or what they notice that she's coming from our house and not the other house because she's cranky and she's not getting enough. Like, I felt like I had to be this perfect parent to, to contribute to the fact that like, look, we've, we, we have this step family, but everything's fine. She's great. She's thriving. Like I had, like she had to be the the best and we had to be the best of everything so that people would accept our, our family the way that it was. And now I'm like, you know, we're all fine. <laughs> yeah. You kind of relax. We're just getting like, through the day over here. Yeah. Yeah. And Everybody's we made it. Fed sometimes. Yeah. We we we're fed. You have a shower every in the middle of the night. You you know you just exhale. Sometimes lunch gets packed at night. Sometimes it gets packed like two seconds before you run out the door in the morning. Sometimes I, you don't I, know when the last bath was, but that's totally okay. Yes, exactly. Like you just start to realize that whether you are a a step parent or a parent or anything like. If you are raising decent humans who are treat other people kindly, they the the rest of it just really sorts itself out. Like you're yeah. you're doing everybody's doing a good job. Oh, I love that. Oh, Beth, you're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on this. This was such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. This was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Amazing. Okay, so where can everyone find you? So uh, my blog site is babblingblonde.com. Most of my my social media channels follow that too. So like my Instagram is at babbling underscore blonde. That's pretty consistent. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I prefer Instagram the most because I think you can connect with people a lot For that sure. way. My wife and I do biweekly videos on, on Facebook uh, 
on Wednesdays. So and guys, these fun videos too. are hilarious. They really are hilarious. <laughs> I was I was like cracking right up last week. So I will link everything for everyone below. Thank you so much, Beth, for coming on. This is you, you are you are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.